Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, this is Les Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and ninety nine point five percent of the time she is my left. The fabulous <laughs> Miss Tony. Hi <laughs> the right, hey T. Hey, hey Leisha girl, how you doing? It is Friday, and once again it's the start of a new month. The time is flying by, girl. It's just flying by. I know, I know. We got the AANBC Awards, which is next weekend. Exciting, exciting. I, I We've been telling you guys for a month that Atlanta is the place to be on next weekend. Make sure you guys come through. There's going to be so many authors there uh, here in Atlanta. It's going to be a great experience for you guys, authors and readers. So uh, we're oh. excited about everything that goes on in literature. Um Yes, child, it's been a long day for me. <laughs> you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm proofreading, well, I'm beta reading a book, and it's it's long, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to get through it so I can get through these questions. I'm trying to get it done before next week. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to get with the get with. Mm-hmm. You know, at least with a book that long, it has to have some type of, some type of grit to it that's going to keep you. So um, I'm not sure how many more pages you have because I know it was a big one, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to finish by the next weekend. Yeah, I, I'm going to try to get through that by next week before um, the event. So because I have a mm-hmm. – it's, it's actually another event next weekend I was invited to, but I told them I wasn't going to be able to come because of the AANBC Awards. So mm-hmm. – I'm trying to uh, kind of balance out my A lot going on. A lot going on. So make sure you guys check out what's going on. Like she said, it's going to be awesome for readers as well as authors. 
Um, lots of people in the area. Just follow her page, my page, as well as Tamika Newhouse. And um, go out and support those authors. Get a new author to, to enjoy their work. Just expand your library because, you know, there's nothing like a great book to read. Absolutely. And not even that. I will say this. A book event is is a tool to push your brand. It's just like Amazon or Barnes & Noble. It's a tool to push your brand, right? And so with mm-hmm. book events, for me, in my opinion, it's the whole purpose is networking. You're networking with readers. You're networking with other authors. You're networking with different vendors. You're networking with people that um, – it's going to move your brand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might meet an mm-hmm. author that you didn't know, but they might have a connection to a radio show. They might say, well, you know, that's my, my cousin or whomever got a, or a radio show, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm going to hook you up. Just, just by talking to people, people will support you because they see your passion and they feel your passion. You know, mm-hmm. even when your book doesn't have legs. You know, when your book first comes out, it doesn't have legs. It doesn't. It can't carry itself. Your characters aren't carrying your book because people don't know who you are. And so right. I say this all the time. Even if you're dropping 50 million links on social media, if wasn't nobody checking for you before the book, they're not checking for you after you drop the link. So you have to put mm-hmm. yourself out there. You have to put yourself in a position where people are mixing and mingling and getting to know you and getting to know your purpose and, and kind of filling your vision and, you know, they're going to read your stuff, they're going to pass it on. You you want to get that. So that's why it, events are very important. Mm-hmm. They it's really so, are. And also, Leash, it's important, even if you're a new author, go out there and see how those veteran authors move. How they mix mm-hmm. and mingle, you know, just just get out there and see how they hustle because that book hustle is from old school, and a lot of that is 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 lost on the new authors that may not even be familiar with that that genuine book hustle. And we have our guest tonight. He's a genuine. He's like I love our title, Hood Legends. Get out there and see how those veterans move, how they mix and mingle, how they interact with their readers, how they gather new readers, you know, and how they maintain the readers that they have. So those events are just filled with learning tools that um, you can take away. And uh, make sure you hit up the ATL next weekend uh, and just enjoy yourself. Absolutely. And I definitely agree with that. Yesterday we had a legend on. We had uh, Brian Peanut Brown (laughs) coming to kick it with us in uh, the chat room. He is a Detroit native and hood legend but you know we talk about hood legends and in books Quan has created some of the most um fascinating hood legends that you know those characters have have feet of their own they have a whole fan base of their own you know everybody is is excited about animal i think when um animal when he got that cover remember when he gets the cover for animal <laughs> Yes, girl. And I was I like, yeah, I was a little that. scared to open up that book because that cover says something else. His covers are always clean and crisp, but they speak to you. Um, so, mm-hmm. and apparently, we owe Quan a big apology. So we're gonna apologize to him when he comes. He says that uh, we told him, although we like Quan, we love Black Top. I don't remember us saying that. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember oh, we us saying never that say at all. something like that. 
I'm right. I, I'm really mindful of what I say to authors because I support mm-hmm. everybody. I do. I support mm-hmm. everybody because I want everybody to win. I want everybody to uh, their vision to come through. I want everybody to make make it. I want everybody to get where they're trying to go. I just want that. Mm-hmm. I think that the more people that are are getting um, to those visions, to those tasks, to the things that they desire. Because, you know, a lot of times some stuff is just an idea. But it blows your mind when it is an Mm -hmm. idea that is possible, when it's something that you can do. You know what I'm saying? It's something that you're capable Mm -hmm. of doing. It's something that you absolutely can put your foot in and, and get done in a certain amount of time, those types of ideas and, and things that, that come up and projects you have, those things are mind-blowing because it's like some people will just say, I think I think I might want to try that. But you have some things that come in your mind like, I want to try that, I'm going to try that, and I can absolutely do it and kill it at the same time. And so right. when he, I want to ask him because when he sits down to write those books, it's like it's got to tell him, like, you're going to kill it with this one. I know when he writes the end, he like, this about to dry them nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, the his, his readers will wait however long it takes for Quan to drop that book. But you guys know that Alicia and I, we just get going like we ain't never had a show and know how to introduce ourselves. My name is Miss Tony, and I am joined by the one and only phenomenal Miss Lisa. We are, she is the best partner in radio land, but here on this chat, we love celebrating literature, and not just literature, as a testament to last night's show, we had actually an actor on, so we have actors, politicians, you know, publishers, and we know we love our authors, but any walk of life, they have come to the doors of our chat, you could just check our library, our archives, they are so rich and so many things, but when you check out those archives, make sure you have a pen and paper to take down those fabulous notes that our guests drop. But we love celebrating it the royal way, no matter what it may be. Our show allows our listeners as well as our guests that come through the doors and let's chat to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We love feeling the passion behind our guests, and our guest tonight is full of passion, straight out of New York City. So make sure you just sit back, relax, get your pants, because Quan is about to drop some jewels tonight, and we hope you guys Absolutely. enjoy it. Because uh, we, we got to make sure Quan leaves here knowing that the ladies of this chat, we absolutely love him. <laughs> absolutely. We we have to we have to really apologize. I, I honestly don't remember saying that, but he Me, says it, uh, and Blacktop backed it up. So I'm like, I can't believe <laughs> I actually said something like that, or Tony said something like that, but if we did, we got to apologize to him. Because that's never our intent. You know, we got to make sure that they know there's no bias here. <laughs> Unless it comes down to the to the celebrity game with the authors and the actors, which is maybe just a little bit biased. Of the yeah, we was a little biased. Yeah, we was a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, team, we team Arthur all the time. <laughs> so we're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with Mr. Hood okay. Legend himself, the fabulous Ron. We got so much music, I'm trying to get through it. This is State of Emergency. 
bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Corporate love and hustle. Making money, hustle. Independent business, 24 struggle. On the block, hustle. Crooked cop, hustle. No sleep in these streets, 24 struggle. On the stroll, hustle. Tricking John, hustle. Working the pole, that's your goal, 24 struggle. Counterfeit, hustle. Politics, hustle. Flipping bricks to go legit, 24 struggle. Overbooked, hustle. Writing books, hustle. In, in, in the pen with your pen, 24 struggle. writing something 
And so we have his newest book is um, The Diamond Empire. But any book you can think about from gangster to hoodlum to um, what was that, Section 8? Um, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Section yeah, 8. so much out. Right, eviction. He always, when we say hood legends, he always has a character in there, a gritty character, a real character, a character that, you know, readers um, flock to. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's female characters as well because, you know, he got the fix as well. But for the most part, he's always creating legends, something that readers want on a regular basis. They're looking for him to write these things. They're looking for him to create these things. And so I'm excited mm-hmm. um, for him to come on. I know he's traveling. He said it's the, new, it's the Diamond Empire. You know, that, that, that cover, I can, I can crack the spine of that cover. <laughs> yes, I remember when, when Animal first came out, he came on the show. And I saw that cover. I was like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm, you I'm really me not quite sure if I. And then the second cover wasn't no better; it was a little better. <laughs> but that third and that fourth animal, uh-huh. child, I'm like, I oh, don't no. know if this is something that I could do. I'm quite sure it's good, but I, you know, it's kind of like T Styles. I love, everybody knows I love T Styles pen. You know, she has that mm-hmm. universal pen. However, I know that. T Styles has a twisted pen. And so I give her twisted levels. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say, what's the twisted level on that one? Now, I can read uh, Silence of the Nine. That's my my book. But Mm -hmm. she had one book I tried. I was like, "Mm mm-mm, it's too twisted for me. But you got (laughs) to, I'm telling you, books is like walking into 31 Flavors. And it's funny, I'm always, Cash always teases me because he has a book that, I, everybody knows I love Cash's pen, but he has a book that I don't, didn't too much care for. But I did read mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. it's like, you're not going to like everything the author puts out. You know what I'm saying? And books is right. like walking into the ice cream store. It's, you're going to taste it and say, oh, I like this one. No, I don't like that. Mm, that one was okay. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always tell mm-hmm. authors, make sure your library is on point because even though you may have that one book that didn't catch them, you're mm-hmm. going to write something. And when you write it, it's going to send them back into your archives. Right. So you want to make sure when they go back into your library that it's on point. Because the reader mm-hmm. is looking for something good. And see, when they read that one read that pulls them in, then you have to have something mm-hmm. with some content that's going to keep them coming back. You know what I'm saying? And Quan is one mm-hmm. of those authors. No matter what you read of his, he will keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. That's so true, Leash, because, you know, speaking of cash, you know, I was introduced him to him, his pen, when he co-wrote with Nini, uh, the Trust No Bitch series. I had never heard yeah, of Cash. Too. So once I read that, I was one of those readers that went back and got everything he wrote, you know. So you never know who's looking at your library or when they're introduced to it, be it your first, second, fourth, or tenth book. If they like that pen and if they want to know more about you and, and, and increase their library, they're going to go back and grab whatever else, just about everything else 
in your library. So always keep it fresh, you know, and when you do those collabs and you're introduced to, a, like I was, to an author that you're usually familiar with, but the co-host, the co-author is not, that's another opportunity to, to expand your, your readership. I definitely agree with that. And um, as me as well, I was introduced to Cash when he wrote uh, Trust No Bitch with Nini, and I did. I went back and I read everything. And there was one book mm-hmm. that I didn't particularly care for, but for the most part I love Cash's pen. You know, I love mm-hmm. the dynamics mm-hmm. of his pen because he, he will grab you in his story. That first paragraph, you are his. You're not turning the pages until you're done. You're not putting the book down. You know how sometimes you read a book and it's like, mm. Maybe mm-hmm. pick it back to pick it back up. Uh, yeah, okay, then put it back down and get back to you know what I'm saying? I like those mm-hmm. authors that you have to grab my mind. You really, really, really have to stimulate my mind. And so you mm-hmm. have to grab me. And it doesn't matter what genre it is. It just has to stimulate my mind. It has to be something that is going to grab me and pull me in there. I don't care if it's a historical romance, if it's a street lit. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, speaking of Cash, it's been a minute since we've had him on the show. So he, he's due up. Let, let me find out he's he's dodging the ladies and let's chat. <laughs> Absolutely. No, he's not dodging. Uh, I think Cash is publishing. I thought I asked him not too long ago when he was getting out with another book. I'll ask him again mm-hmm. to see what he says. I think he's okay. he's focused on publishing, but I think it's time um, for another book from Cash. Sounds good. <laughs> So we're gonna take a oh no we got we got Mr. Animal up in here. Hello, Quan. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Quan. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the chat room. Thank you for having me. I was trying to find the number on the fly, but I'm driving at the same time, so I had to scroll uh-huh. back through my DMs and find find the name. But anyway, how you guys doing, Susan? We are good. good. We are good. Now we owe you an apology, Quan. See, we're gonna do this on the air. We're gonna do this right. Uh-huh. Because you felt that we said, although we like Quan, we love Black Top. That is never our intent, so we both do apologize. Because we don't barely. remember no, saying said, that. You said, yeah, you, said, you heard him repeat it, right? <laughs> I heard him repeat no. it, but I don't uh, remember saying Uh-huh, that. uh-huh. Yeah, we got to make this live, Quan. I don't remember uh, saying it, and I'm always no, trying I'm just, to I'm just messing with like, I don't take that kind of, I don't, I don't take stuff like that to heart. Now, you know, it's just Goals in one hand, out the other. I ain't tripping. I know y'all got love. We got much love. <laughs> Appreciate it. I got a good memory. Somebody that smoked so much, I remember a lot, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not touching that card because I want you to remain. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, since the last time you've been in the chat room, you got to let us know what you're cooking in your creative kitchen because you are always cooking something very creative. Um, all the time, all the time. Well, um, what do I have? Okay, I have a few projects. One, one of them is uh, Lawless, which will be out next year. And I have a project also that I'm putting out this year, but I'm not putting the title on it. I keep flip, I keep flip-flopping back and forth between these two titles, trying to decide which one I want to put out to close out mm-hmm. the year. And so it's hard. It's hard picking and choosing because they're, so, they're both very good. And people have been asking me to wrap, to wrap these stories up. 
So one of them, one of these storylines is going to get wrapped up before the end of the year. I'm not sure which one. It'll be, it'll be between um, animal, the Animal Series and um, the Diamond Empire Series. We were talking about that Animal Series. <laughs> yeah, everybody, kept, everybody keeps asking for five. You know what it is with me and Animal 5, to be perfectly honest with you? Public opinion no longer matters to me. And when I say mm-hmm. that, um, it's like sometimes, you know, you can get trapped in that box of trying to keep up with what the readers want you to write and kind of get away from what you actually want to write, you know, what made it fun for you in the beginning. So when people are like, Animal 5, you got to write Animal 5. I don't have to. I will eventually. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm going to do it on my own terms and my own time. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like that's something like with, with, with a series like that that is carried over for so long, I think that you have to end it properly. You can't just say, okay, let me just put this out because the readers want it. Ah, if you want it again, you want it when I get around to it. So that's kind of just how I'm looking at it. <laughs> you know, and at the same time, you know, when, you, when, you're, uh, when you're writing about one character for so many years, people forget how, like, how vast or how, how wide of an array, like how big your arsenal is. Like how many just different mm-hmm. dope characters came before Animal? How many dope characters will come after him? You know, mm-hmm. so people sometimes mm-hmm. forget that because they're so used to you writing one storyline, they forget that you know, you're you're multifaceted. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta remember, for like the first what, like the first like maybe six years of my career, I didn't do sequels right. at all, all standalones. Right. So you know, right. like I said, and I kind of just wanted to get back to to what made me happy, mm-hmm. to what made me happy, and you know, what brought me joy to write about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Quan, this is Tony. Uh, we're going to try to introduce ourselves because we've been told we sound so much alike. But um, Leisha and I were saying at the start of the show, no matter when you drop a book, no matter how long it takes for you to drop a book, your readership will wait, you know, yeah. and, and anticipate because that's how much your readership loves the the flow of your pen. So I'm sure you can go up to Animal 20 and we readers will yeah. still be like, when is that book coming out? <laughs> I, and I and I appreciate it, and you know what? And that's another reason why I kind of like to take my time and smoke with the meal, because when you have readers like I've been doing this like almost twenty years, and I've been like mm-hmm. popular for t- almost twenty years, you know what I'm saying? So when you have readers that get behind you and appreciate, she appreciate you like that, you owe it to them to give them the best work possible. You don't just say here because I see them. You know, I've been in some like you know I'm always the fly on the wall on social media, so I'm in some of the like the little chat rooms in the groups, and I see how they just tear all this apart like. Oh, you know, you beg for a book, you beg for the book, and you put all this undue pressure on an author, and then when they give it to you, you're in the chat room, so I'm like, oh, they need that. I don't know why they did that like that, because you were on their back. That's why they did that like that. And that need to, you know, and that need to appease the reader, appease the public opinion, that stuff will drive you crazy. So I kind of mm-hmm. just, like, learned to, to try it out. And what I found is that I'm having way more fun with the creative process now that I'm not really mm-hmm. on social media like that, and I'm not fielding questions about, when you're doing this, when you're doing that, I don't even really like putting release dates on myself no more. Just whenever I feel like, all right, this is the time for it. Boom. Okay. This right. one is going to come out. Right. Um, and that's one thing, Leisha and I, since we've been doing this, this is still Tony Alquan. We uh-huh. appreciate the process of getting a book out, you know, because it's not done overnight. And Leisha mm-hmm. and I have learned it, it takes, it's a process, and, and I'm happy sometimes. It is. A good author will put out a book once a year, right? Lee, some of our favorite authors uh, put it back out once a year, but we want quality over quantity. Yeah. You and know? that's one thing, you that's know, that's one thing I learned. I learned, I learned this, that's the lesson I learned in the waiting games. Like, when I first signed with a major, they were like, um, well, we were going to put you on a schedule of one book a year. I'm like, what? Nah, like, I write way faster than that. 
So now mm-hmm. I understand, like, all that goes into it and letting the book marinate, letting the book mm-hmm. grow organically and letting different people. So, you know, so because, like, I look at it now, like, you know, if you have people putting out books every 30 days. So right. I'm like, well, by the time you get to part one, you can say part two is already on your back. You didn't know about, you know, so it kind of, like, takes away from it. And then also on the flip side, like, how much effort and thought did you put into it, into the story? Absolutely. If you banged it like that, it's like it's a different thing. Like if you just had them sitting, okay, that's a whole different animal together. So, you know, mm-hmm. we just write stuff. So I'm like, you know, you got to marinate. You got to let people savor it. Like you have some people that are just discovering. Like I had somebody ask me the other day. Um, this was like maybe three days ago, three four days ago. Like when are you going to put out Animal Free? I said, what? That book came out. <laughs> that was something years ago. Was that like four years ago? Animal Free came out. Really? And, and, and she was like, "Really? Oh my God! I gotta go find it." Yeah, it came out, and I think like 2014 or 2015. No, or... for no four, four came out in 2014. So three came out probably like in 2013. Yeah, so like, yeah, wow. so like, yeah. Wow. So, like, so you know, sometimes you, you have up. to. Yeah, sometimes you gotta. Yeah, you gotta catch up. <laughs> but sometimes you gotta let the book. Um, Grow, grow legs, man, and just get out there and, and get into the hands of the people and let them develop an appreciation. But it's it's hard because you always want to move on to the next thing and put it right out. Like, I get so excited, like, when I put out a book and people are done reading the book and I get the feedback, and I'm like, oh, I love the what's the next one. I want to give you the next one right then and there because I'm still on that, that, that adrenaline high from, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, from the feedback. Because you guys don't know one second why I paid it so much. I didn't wait. Sure. wait. Um, sure. No, um, okay, I'm, I'm not, it's not my show yet. But, um, yeah, it's actually about to be, hold on, because, you know, we're crossing the bridge in New York. Hold on. <laughs> well, she said the magic words that you and I are always talking about, how a, a book grows legs. You know, we preach and that I'll, all the time here on that chat, and that's so important. And, and allowing your readers to chew on it. You know, you have authors that have that longevity for a reason. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. have to allow your readers time to chew on whatever it is that you're producing for them. And I like yeah. when he said that, um, I want to go back because he, he mentioned how readers, how we sometimes bug the authors. Now I remember when I was just a reader and I would read an ebook, not understanding the process of writing, it was like, okay, well, what's taking so long for the next book? Why I got to wait a whole mm-hmm. year? It's on ebook, it's electronic. But yeah. what I into the industry and started learning the process. I love the process of putting a book together. I, I, I'm a sucker for passion. I love an author's passion because their passion, you feel it in their pen when you read their book. And so we, we are here on less chat, but we are able to hear their passion. And when you yeah. hear it you, and you experience it at the same time, you have so much more respect for that author and their pen. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you can also feel it when the passion is not there. And when author is just interested in the storyline. You know. That's true. That's, that's Absolutely. why I always say some of, my, some, of my, some of my best books, I always say, were done. Um, some of my best books were my independent books because they were done without deadlines. There were no deadlines. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of just writing. Like, it was like with Ghetto Bastard, I just came out of left field with an animal people. Like, people were hearing about it. But I was just, you know, took my time when I wrote it, and I just came out of left field. Like, hey, y'all, what y'all think of this? Mm-hmm. And it was probably the best. Mm-hmm. It was probably the best one of the series. So maybe between that and part two, mm-hmm. but, you know. So that's like you know you got to kind of when you're like oh yeah I'm feeling this I'm feeling this when the story won't let you sleep at night as opposed to oh God I'm late on this deadline let me hurry up fingers move faster 
But you know, Quan, um, this is this is Tony. Uh, but you know what? We we can, as readers, as avid readers, as true readers, we can tell when an author has taken his time. He's actually lived with these characters on a daily basis, and not right. just over a weekend. You know, we can feel that he knows these characters inside and out, and he can flip the switch switch on anyone. And we feel mm-hmm. that, and we see that. And that takes time. You gotta eat, eat and drink with these characters to bring them yeah. to life. And we, we yeah, and I, we talk about that all the time. You have to, yeah, you have to know them. Like I always say, like right, especially with like a, doing something like a series. I always say, a series is like um, it's like a relationship. You know, that first right. book is like you get to know them. The second book is okay. You're a little more serious. Now the third book, you're ready for marriage or divorce. You know what I'm saying? Like you're intimate with these characters. Um, like with the fic- <laughs> like, I had, I had such a hard time getting people to open up to the fix series because they were so gunho for animal. And they're like, we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up loving Little Monk and they loved characters like Omega and um, Punta and the rest of those guys. But it took time, you know. And it also took time for me to get comfortable enough with those characters to the point where I was able to breathe the same type of life into them that I was did with like an animal or something close to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that, mm-hmm. I had to develop that, that, that intimacy. You know? What would make the character tick? Like, what do you love? What are you passionate about? Just like people. You know, you have to have, you can't just be, okay, this character was a dope world, this character was abused as a kid, this character's, you know, and you got to go into the who's and the why. How does that make them feel? How does that make them mm-hmm. treat other people? How does that affect, right. you know, the, the things going on around them? You have to get, like, you literally have to breathe life into them like, like you're God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's if you want the reader to feel it. Like so many people, they'll, yeah. they'll write something and they'll be like, oh, I'm so tired of writing this or I won't, I won't go back through it. It was boring. Well, honey, if it was boring to you, it's going to be boring to the reader too. Yeah. Exactly. Right. If it was like pulling whole... teeth to get up in there, mm-hmm. they're gonna be pulling teeth to finish your book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it was. Well, that's how I was doing with Animal Five. I said, I, I said I can't finish it until I feel like it. Like until I say, okay, um, yeah, you fix it. Until I said, yeah, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back into this mode. I'm ready to get back. Because like ten years is a long time to write about one character over and over and over, mm-hmm. especially when you have so mm-hmm. many other characters living in your head. It's a long time, and what ends up happening is that you feel constricted, you feel inhibited, and you start to resent the character, and so you maybe don't put mm-hmm. your best foot forward with it. And mm-hmm. like an animal, is an animal is a character who deserves better than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And our topic today is hood legends, and as an author, yeah. you have created more than one hood legend with your pen. Now, and not only just an author, you are a publisher, you've been in the industry, you're a hybrid author because you you, you do both sides. If you had to drop five jewels on an author or a publisher, I'm going to say five jewels for an author and five jewels for a publisher, what what things would you tell them? Uh, Well, first and foremost, it's being true to yourself. It's so easy to get caught up in the hype of what's popular that you get away from what makes us great, unique as right. Okay, what makes us great, unique as writers in the first place. You know, so you mm-hmm. have to be true to yourself, regardless of what what kind of pressure the industry puts on you. You have to be true to yourself. But two, no, get a working knowledge of the industry. You have so many people that just jump in and they don't want to do no research. You know, they just want to say, okay, I just want to sign a deal or I just want to do this. What kind of deal do you want to sign? 
is it more beneficial for you to self-publish or to be signed? Um, what kind of, you know, distribution, you know, just things like that. So you have to, you don't have to be an expert, but at least have a working knowledge of it so you can know what you're talking about. And I find that mm-hmm. just so many people are just not interested in doing the research anymore. They just want you to put them on. So right. um, third jewel okay. is you have to be really going to work five times harder than anybody else to stand up because there's so many of us doing it now on the writing and the publishing side. What makes you, you have to find what makes you unique. What makes you unique? What makes you different? Because it's like it started out with five, now it's 500 street lit writers. What makes you unique from mm. the other 499? Um, mm. Also, for and, and another more, a really, really important tool, don't get lazy. You have mm. authors that will put a baby out and abandon it. Like, you got to, like, every day, like me, I'm, I'm a firm believer, even if I, if I don't do it on my Instagram or my Facebook or my Twitter, at least once a day I have to mention one of my titles. One of my titles. Even if it's just like an afterthought. Okay, well, jump on jump on the social media and throw it out there. Tweet, tweet out the cover or post it on Instagram or drop a line from the book or something like that. Just so you don't, you know, so you don't get there because for as many people as you think you reach, it's always somebody you miss. So you got to mm-hmm. keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Don't get overlooked. Like, I'm, I, uh, at one point, like, I was really relentless with this practice as far as, like, I'm going to make you see. You are going to see me every day. You're going to get tired of seeing me. You're eventually going to say, what is going on with Squan dude? Like, what has happened, dude? What are you on? What's happening? So definitely visibility. Make, oh, make yourself make yourself visible at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, that, did I cover fly? That's four. Uh, I, I, I four. take notes. Um, on. I'm oh, a note okay, <laughs> okay. Also, um, know what you are signing. Re- no, like read read it before you sign and, and understand. It. Don't just say, okay, I think this is an industry standard contract. Um, make sure. Even if you have to Google a template or get it looked at it by a lawyer, you should always get any legal document by a professional before you sign it. That's just up. So that way, like, you know, I went through all those problems with my first contract because I didn't understand what I was signing. And I didn't want to sound I didn't want to sound dumb by saying I didn't understand. Two things you know, two things an author looks at when they get a contract. One of the, one thing being um how much money and when. Outside of that, everything is white white phones. So you have to really be I, – I had a contract one time, right, and it's a really big contract. And it looked so good. The contract was dressed up so pretty. But as I'm reading it, reading it, reading it, on the third read, I caught something. Very small, very insignificant. Probably wouldn't even have noticed it because I hadn't been driving myself crazy about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't sign this like this because it was relinquishing part of my film rights. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not signing this. And the publisher was like, well, this is standard. Everybody else signed I'm not signing it. I can't speak on what everybody else said. I'm not signing this. Right. And they, had to, and they had to change it. So, and that's why, like, I'm one of the few. I own 100% of all my film rights. Mm. With, like, and that's with, one with, thing. With I'm glad that you mm-hmm. said that because that's the thing. It it doesn't bug me. So, y'all don't be sending me no uh, inboxes, but it bugs me, but it don't bug me. It bothers me when people are like, Alicia, you know, I, I want to get signed by a publisher. Do you know anybody who, who's got um, submissions open? And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you self-publish? My, this is my yep. thing about publishing. Your publisher is an investor. Yep. My thing about books is you have to be willing to invest in your own pen. When you show them 
that you are willing to invest in your own pen, when people come to you, you don't want them to come to you empty-handed. And the only way they come to you empty-handed is if you come to them first. You want them to come checking for you. You want them to find out who you are. You want them to look for you and research you so that when they come to you, they're not empty-handed. You That's don't have fact. to negotiate That's... nothing. It's either I'm going to take it or I'm not going to take it. And if they really, really want you, and you know they want you because they came looking for you, they're going to make that change, whatever the change yep. is. And they're going to give it yep, to you. Why? Because they want you. But when you go checking for them, they don't necessarily want you. They want you, but they really don't. It's like, eh. It I mean, in some cases, you know, in, in some cases, because you can sometimes, it ain't always that, because sometimes you can be a diamond in the rough and you just happen to be overlooked. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like if you mm-hmm. go to them, they don't want you. No, that's not necessarily true. So, but if we're getting back to what the original point you were making, it does help when you're willing to invest in yourself because you have some authors, like, and they don't understand it's a big financial commitment as a publisher because you have to pay for the editing, you have to pay for the typesetting, you have to pay distribution fees, you have to pay shipping, you have to pay this, you have to pay that, you have to pay that. So it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So if I'm willing to put up this money and I can't even get you to post your book on Facebook or on your social media, you're a bad investment. You're a bad investment. I'm not saying you've got to break the bank or match me dollar for dollar, but I need to see you making some type of effort. Some type mm-hmm. of effort, you know what I mean, that says, you know what, I really want this. Be as hungry when you get the opportunity. Be as hungry as you were when you came looking for it. Right, absolutely. So get Nobody out there, you know, get out there and do that. Pushing your book harder than you. Nobody should be yeah. posting your book more than you. Your publisher, their job, once you got a book in your hand, their job is done. The rest is yep. your job. It's your responsibility to make sure you got a fan base, make sure your fan base is checking for you, and make sure that you're interacting. And you don't have to post 50 million links. You got nope. authors that don't that. post not one link. Yeah. They yeah. interact with yeah. their page, and their readers become taxi cabs. They go out, yeah. and I got that from June Miller. Shout out June Miller. We we miss and love him the most here on yeah. Let's Chat, but... He would say, you go out, get people in your taxi cab, fill up your taxi cab, and then move on over to your lane and you keep going. So readers become yep. your taxi cab. They go grab their friends. They like, girl, child, let me tell you. And da 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 they tell them about the book. And it's like, that was a book? Word of mouth. Uh-huh. That word of mouth. And then it's all always of a the sudden, best emotion. Right. Now that's you right. got people that's looking for you. And it's the best thing. You got to be able that's to stay how, That's that's how it happened mm-hmm. for me. When I got my first, like, big, big break, they came, like, all of my big breaks, all of my blessings, as I should say, they came to me because people wanted to know, who the hell? Because if you guys remember, if you go back far enough, nobody knew what I looked like. They thought I was a figment of Vicky Stringer's imagination, somebody that she made up because you always <laughs> heard about me, but you never saw me, you know? Right. And that's because I would just push, 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 push. So people were, um... Like, yo, who is Kwan? Like, you even look on my website, it says, who is Kwan? Like, that's like my little thing, who is Kwan? Because that was the question. Like, they're like, yo, I don't think this dude really exists. And so I started coming outside, and people would see me at events like, oh, you're a real person. Yeah, I'm a real person. I see you everywhere, but I don't see you. So you have to do that. And something else very pivotal on my always still on the jewels is you got a sense of, yo, these squirrels are strong as hell in Harlem. I'm standing outside a squirrel just knocking down the whole tree branch. Let me move. Um, <laughs> be mindful of what you post on social media. I know so many people that don't know and don't understand that they block their own blessings for the ignorant stuff that they put on social media. I've been in rooms 
people would say, oh, yeah, I hear this right, it's pretty good, but what's up with the beef between such and such? They don't want to deal with that. Nobody wants to deal with those kind of headaches. Nobody wants you bringing the, your drama and, and that kind of karma to what they're trying to get going. So you got to be mindful. Okay. And you think these publishers and these editors and these agents don't go and look at your Twitter? Let me give you an example of what I mean. I made a joke one time with another author on Twitter about a publisher. It was a joke. About two hours later, my agent hits me up like, you know what, you need to be more mindful of what you put on your social media because somebody from such and such seen that, and they told such and such, and they're not happy. So I had to go sit down and explain, like, well, this is just me being me. Like, it wasn't no harm. And I, once I explained the situation, it was cool. But it taught me a very valuable lesson because you think that they're, because they're these big publishers or agents, that they don't have time to pitch it. They don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Go through your, if you go through your friends, or sometimes you're friends with agents and publishers that you may not even know it. You may be friends with them mm-hmm. on their personal page, and you're not even knowing who this person is. And this can potentially be the person who changes your life. But if you always post some, some foolishness, like the author beef or this one can kiss my ass and so nobody won't deal with that. They can't take mm-hmm. you seriously because it's a reflection of you. Like your social media should be like your clothes, always clean, always pressed. I mean, we all are guilty of putting a little ratchetness on our social media from time to time. But never go so far with it to the fact that where it makes people look at you crazy. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I'm going to add uh, as well what you like because I have uh, a habit of I don't I get so busy that sometimes I don't keep up with what's going on. And somebody will post something and I'll either agree with it or I'll think it's funny. And I, I don't think is it shade. I don't think, you know, what's going on behind it. I don't think that there's anything behind it because I know people just post. No. Sometimes they just want to post stuff. That's part of the, their interaction. Yeah. That Some of that is their niche when they talk shit. And so yeah. I got a phone call not even five minutes after I liked this post. And uh, the person on the other end of the line was like, did you, you wasn't paying attention to what you was liking? And I wasn't. I wasn't. That, I yeah, it. that happened to me I before, too. Nothing, I didn't think beyond, you know, what I read. And I had to go back and I had to unlike it. And not because I think I liked it and I shared it. I had to go back and mm-hmm. I had to change that because it's like, you know, and that was a lesson. You have to be careful what you attach yourself to. Yeah. You can't attach you yourself to everything. Everything that's yep. going on, some stuff, if it's funny, if it's if you know it's shade, if you see it's shade, if it sounds like shade, don't don't attach yourself to it. Yeah. Like, but I'm guilty of that, too. Sometimes I'll just be scrolling, and I'll just be liking stuff. You know, I, I won't even read the whole thing thoroughly, and that's a bad habit, a habit that I've learned to break. And you may like something, and then, like you said, somebody hit you, like, oh, you co-signing that bull stuff? Right. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Then you got to go back and see what it was and really read and Like, oh, I had no idea. Like, you and this person didn't get along or they were shooting at you. I ain't got a dog in that fight. So I'm not even thinking about it like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's one thing. I'm allergic to all that drama. I don't – I try to stay away from my name. I don't attach your names to anything. <laughs> Yeah, I avoid it. I'll be like, mm, yep. no, and that, 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 that look a little shady. I don't know. I don't know and, what's going on behind that. And that has given and that has given urban fiction a black eye. Them little corny yeah. ass beasts on the internet. That's true. Them little corny beasts on the internet is giving up people. People look at it and they think that we just messy and ratchet, and we, mm-hmm. we're not. You know what I'm saying? But I explain it to, to like this. See that? That's that's a double edged sword right there. In a sense where, like, when we first started out, like, in the early 2000s or whatever, nobody showed us what was proper etiquette and what wasn't. 
So we kind of just mm-hmm. made our own way and did our own thing, you know, and sometimes it came across as abrasive or, or ratchet or whatever like that. What's good, my chick? Good, how are you? Chilling. Good. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Denise? Yeah, so, you know, so sometimes it comes across, like, and we didn't know. Like, we was running around moving like bandits because we didn't know. What's up, little girl? Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Um, so we was moving like, so we was moving like bandits because we didn't know any better. So we didn't, you know, we didn't know. So it's the same thing with the generation that came behind us because, and I, I hear this like a lot, like paperback versus evil. There's no such thing. What it was is a situation where, whereas maybe we should have been embracing some of these writers and saying like, you know what? No, nah, I don't do that like that or don't move like that or that's not correct. It was kind of mm-hmm. like shunning because I hear authors say, well, I don't mess with them because I'm, I'm trying to like, what you doing is not going to stop me from getting money. My skills is my skills. Your skills is my, your skills. I do what I do. You do what you do. So me helping you or giving you some advice is not going to affect my bottom line at all. You know what I mean? And people understand it. Like, like sometimes you have authors who say, like, why are you, um, why was you at such, why did you go to such and such a party? Or why were you, um, why were you, why are you dealing with this one that one? And I'm like, well, and I'm like, why, why wouldn't I? Like, that person ain't never done nothing to me. Oh, they're not as big as you. So what? One time I was a small fish in the pond, too. So you have to, you know what I mean? You have to treat people the same way at all times. You got to remember, because there's authors now who, like, when I was trying to get my little pointers and my little tips and they were bigger than me, they shunned me. Now, like, when you see me, don't, don't shake my hand. I don't want to take no pictures with you. Like, and a lot of them can't understand, like, why are you? Well, he's just again, an asshole. Like, why is he like that? No, what you don't remember is 10 years ago when I, when I reached out to you, you treated me like you would, like, you you were thinking you were the end of the deal. So now the skills on the mm-hmm. other foot. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to throw a little shade at you. Mm-hmm. See how you like it. Mm-hmm. You know? So you got to just be mindful how you treat people because you never know who could be the next Kawan or the next Shannon Holmes or the next whoever. You got to be mindful. Right. And that, and that, and that cuts both ways for the younger authors too. Respect your elders. Respect the people That's who right. came before you and who opened your doors. Like I explain to my authors all the time. Had I not taken a bad contract or got burned by a bad contract within the line of fire, I wouldn't know how to tell you what to, what to, what to watch out for. I wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to school you and have to educate you. So a lot of things we fell on the sword for so that you wouldn't have to because the industry mm-hmm. is a lot different now than it was back then. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, easier before. Like, if you wanted to self-publish, you had to come to the table with at least $10,000. That's how a lot mm-hmm. of us ended up with our first publishers because we didn't have $10,000 to do it ourselves. But now in this digital age, it's it's a, a, a little bit easier. You know what I mean? And it's easy because we've paved the way, because we've made the way, we've opened the doors, we've created the bus. So now it's up to you to carry on and create your own thing and, like, whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you're going to be in the game. Mm. What do you know? That's another thing. Origin, origin, originality. Stop plagiarizing. Stop rewriting stories. Right from your heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Right Y'all know so a lot of that going on. He's like, oh, I think I read this before. You did read it before. Because they damn, copied and pasted it. Yeah. And in some mm-hmm. cases, they actually have copied and pasted it. I hear, listen, I hear the wildest stories around closed doors. <laughs> I agree. And what? Oh, I agree. So, you know. now I have a question for you, though. If you could uh-huh. go back. And you could talk to the 18-year-old Quan. What are some of the things you would school your 18-year-old self on? What are some of the things that my you would my, my, my 18-year-old self? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would tell my 18-year-old self that life is going to get better. 
Mm. Life is going to get better. Keep up the fight. Fight the good fight. One day things are going to turn around for you. Mm-hmm. 18 was a very strange. Like I was like, that was when I was still wandering the countryside trying to find myself fresh out of high school and all that stuff. So you don't just move from place to place. I lived in so many different cities and states. You'd be surprised. Just trying to figure out where I fit in in the world, you know? That's interesting. But I want to go, this is Tony Kwan. I want to ask you, you know, we were talking about social media. Do you feel that social media has kind of taken the respect out of uh, the the little, the, the, the black yeah. literature? Yeah, in a sense, because for, for one, because um, it, 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 it erased the line in the sand. Because, like, let's say, for instance, like, um, when I was coming up, I was a big fan of Eric Jerome Dickey, but I didn't have direct mm-hmm. access to Eric Jerome Dickey. So now, sometimes right. with social media, being you have direct access to the office, you feel like you're entitled to say things that you have no business saying. So it's like, right. don't think because we chat on Facebook that you can talk to me like we grew up together, and then I talk to you like that, like that, how I would naturally respond. You know, and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this person's not a nice person or whatever. And, um, you know, and also because, like, Everybody, everybody shouldn't have the internet. People say dumb stuff on the internet. So everybody should. There should be some type of screening process before you all mm-hmm. allow to establish a social media account. I because, agree. You know, I like totally a, lot of, agree. a lot of wackos. There's a lot of wackos on social media. Mhm. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. one thing I feel that is taken, and it takes away the mystique as well. You know, I've read since I was a little girl, and I've always had that respect for the pen. So I never take it upon myself to, to feel that I know someone um or on an author unless they come up on our show we interact but that's a different that's doing an interview but I do think it's taken away the respect you know from for the for the black pen and it's so unfortunate yeah. because we have some mighty pens out here you know and, and sometimes you you come across certain author beats that's not what I want to see I want to I want my author to be busy. You know, creating those 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 fire pins, those fire characters, not having a entertaining business. Foolishness. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a pow- powerful niggotry going on on social media. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily social media. I look at social media as a tool, like Amazon as a tool. Yeah. It's a tool for you to push your 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 brand to push yourself to push whatever it is that you desire even to push your personality and so sometimes mm-hmm. it's not social media that's the problem it's the person behind the keyboard it's, it's, exactly that's what I was going to say the person behind the keyboard mm-hmm. still I think I think mm-hmm. that's just like social media is actually great too because when we wanted to meet the readers once upon a day we had to go out we had to travel we had to drive planes trains and automobiles to get to these book signs to meet the readers now it's like social media gives you more reach but it's important that you use it. Or what it's for, you know, to push your to push your brand instead of stroking your ego or making yourself mm-hmm. look stupid. Or because you're not even mm-hmm. stupid, making yourself look crazy. Mm. Wow. That's, that's very that's true. Yes, yeah, definitely. Now, Kwan, what are some of the, the quirky things you do? Like when you sit down to write, what are some of the Let's strange see. things that readers wouldn't even think that you had to do uh, to pin uh, some of your bangers? Um, I gotta sit by a window, uh, talk to myself, pace uncontrollably. Listen, I can't sit still for minutes. I got ants in my pants. This is fucking idiot. So I'm um, here yeah, stuff like that. Um, and I talk to the characters. Like sometimes I have the dialogue out loud, and that's just to make sure that it rings properly. The dialogue, the conversation between the characters, to make sure it rings properly, like if they were real people. 
Mm-hmm. Real people like that. It may be an animal scene. I'd be like, oh, you going to do you like that? Oh, my you know, I know you're not going to come on, sir. We can't even do it. <laughs> and we'll be sitting there having this running dialogue. You know what I'm saying? And you'll be like, well, who are you talking to? Nobody. <laughs> But I think you gave us a first sitting by a window, Lee. I don't think we've yeah, ever yeah. had a, an author say he has to sit by a window. From the from the <laughs> beginning, always like that. Yeah. Behind the window. Why? I why like you that. Sit near the window. What does it bring to you? What does it provide for you? Because I'm interpreting the world. Well, I'm just looking at a tree. Oh. I'm looking at the window. I'm interpreting the world, so that's what translates to people. But I would something with the stories or my my interpretation of how I see things when I look out the window. And that's a fact, that's a true, I mean, that literally, it's my interpretation. It can be the simplest thing. It's just something about the whole window and looking outside. I don't necessarily even have to be looking at anything in particular. But as you said, sometimes I can even have my back to the window. It's one of the near windows where I can turn and look out the window. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, this is why we respect the, the, the author's pen, because we get to hear what it the takes process. to get yes. a book in our hands. That's, that's, that's why we love yeah. what we do. <laughs> yeah, the window. Like, if you notice, like, with a lot of my books, it starts out um, with the this, this setting, like the weather, what the weather was like. The story will kick off with the weather. Like, mm-hmm. it was such and such. It was raining. It was just because I'm sitting my window. But this is what the weather may have been like at the time when I started writing the story or when I got inspired for the story. Mm. I love it. Now, <laughs> we, we, you got books you got books on top of books on top of books. Now, when are we going to see some more? Yeah. When are we going to see you on the um, screen? I'm, I'm working on some stuff. We had a um, we ran into a snag with From Harlem with Love, and so we had to um, put production on hold um, because the main character got into something. He had a personal situation. He got tied up, and I'll see that. Had a personal situation. He got tied up in. And as opposed to retasting him, I said, you know what, maybe we'll just wait until we get the situation worked out and move on to something else. Now, the thing with movies, movies are tricky. And it's not like the like you know, opportunities come, people offer options, but you have to make sure it's the right situation. Because when you option something off and you say, okay, I'm going to let you produce this movie, sometimes you don't have that hands going control. Like, for example, we put the option with Gangster, right? Um, and this is what kind of the experiment is one of the own scripts. The, uh, the adaptation they did, was not true to the story. It did not, you know, everybody knows who wrote the gutter story. It was about gangbanging. You know, it was about gangbanging and love and so on and so forth. And, like, the guy, he wanted to do a story and make them, like, these bandit jewel thieves and a whole bunch of craziness going on. And and the message, the original message, got lost in translation. And I'm like, I don't like that. Well, there's nothing you can do about it because you tried the option. You know, so this is what this is how we're going to produce it. And thankfully, that they were never able to finish the project, and the option expired. Now they can re up on the option. Because, like for those who don't know, this is the way this is the way option works. If let's say, like, if you have a book, right, and I come to you like I want to option your book, and I sign an option for like, okay, you have to give me eighteen months. I'm going to give you this money, and you give me eighteen months to produce this film. If I can't produce this film in 18 months, then the option it, uh, it, it expires, and the rights are yours again, unless I come back with some more money and ask for an extension. So that's basically an option. An option doesn't mean an option, and people get it confused. They think um, when you get an option, it means you got a movie deal. You do not. It's a pro- it's like a promissory note. Like you're saying, I I intend to make this movie. I would like to make this movie. Don't mean I'm gonna get it done, but I would like to make this movie. 
Right. And people be thinking like, oh, I got a movie deal, I got a movie deal. No, man, you guys promised to maybe get you a movie together. Mm-hmm. Not to, to, to the cut is dead. Yeah. So then, you know, you could be sitting there for the longest and waiting on it. Oh, this fucking guy. Excuse my language. It's mm-hmm. traffic. Um, so, you know, you'd be sitting there waiting on it like, but wait, I thought you said I had a movie deal. No, I said you had an option. And then you sitting there waiting on it. Um, and, that's <laughs> right. why when, and that's why when things like that happen, like with the options stuff, I never talk about it until it's in production. When we were doing it from Home Love, it was in production before I started talking about it. We had actually filmed like a quarter of the movie before I said a word. Mm-hmm. And um, even with that, it was independent. It was like, you know, I got some finances. I wrote the script. I directed it. We had a crew together and did it like that. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. it was a different kind of kind of situation. But yeah, but sometimes you can you can kind of make yourself look crazy when you jump out there like yeah, this is what I got going on, and uh, and ain't extra stone. Well, we putting it out there that you're gonna be putting something on on the big screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just really good. It's just really finding the right situation. You know, we were gonna do something with cash money. Like it was a couple. It was a couple of opportunities that presented themselves. And they just mm-hmm. didn't work out for whatever reason. You know, the reasons are not important. Right. But they just right. didn't work out. And one thing I'm very particular about what I'm going to do, you know, because, like, especially, like, all the stuff that I went through in my career, just with my books, you know, and, and it was emotionally attached by everything stories. I feel like it got to be done right. If you're not doing it right, then, you know, what are we doing here? Well, we didn't. I don't right. want you to do it wrong just to say I got a movie out. Or, you know, or you put out something that I don't like and I don't have any say-so. Now, that's been one of my mm-hmm. biggest gripes. I have to have a certain amount of say-so. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I got to be the end-all, be-all and tell you how this movie's going to be done, but I have to have some type of input right. into, which, into what you're doing before I feel comfortable to release my baby to you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I have a question, Kwan, because um, this mm-hmm. is all we talked about. I want to talk about your latest book as well. But because you've been in the industry so long, it's like 20 years, and you've had such such magic with your books, are there any tools that you missed when you first started out writing that technology has made kind of obsolete today? Um, damn. No, I mean, not really. I mean, maybe the paper manuscripts. Because you know we used to like when you, when you, when your thing when your stuff was being edited, it would come you would get mm-hmm. a paper manuscript in the mail, and with the red lines, mm-hmm. and you would have to correct it and send it back, and y'all be ping ponging the manuscript back and forth. Now it's just like email and uh, the track changes and all, all that stuff there. So sometimes mm-hmm. with that stuff stuff can get overlooked, and just mm-hmm. the intimacy of re of just reading through it. But I don't think I think if anything, it's become better now. Technology has made things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. A little bit better. It's easier to navigate. Like if you just um take the time. I was telling the new author um because he asked me a question, and it was a small question, and I answered it. You know, and I was like, the reason I answered this question for you is because I once upon a time, I didn't know what certain little things on the keyboard were for. Like when on um, mm-hmm. the people don't know with gangster, there was no indents. I took the, I hit the space wall four times <laughs> at the beginning of every paragraph to make my indents. <laughs> I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, just yeah. not, just not knowing, you know, so I understand. Mm-hmm. Like, certain things, like, if you can Google and you ask me, I may just blank your question. Because it's like, yo, mm-hmm. did you even bother to look or did you, t- you know, did you did you look, did you put any effort at all? You know, you just want to jump in my inbox or my emails and ask me how to right. do it or to do it for you. No. 
But if you've right. done, you know what I'm saying, even a little bit of legwork, like I don't mind asking questions. Like I'm yeah. sure y'all get it too. People ask you questions, mm-hmm. and you be like, "Yo, Google is your friend, my man. Google, <laughs> Google can be, Google can be Google your friend. friend. Yeah, like you know, like how, like did you look I'm before you came? Information act, like, say, "Wait, well, you got the information." Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. But not, you, you talked about the, the the printed manuscript because I edit. But I have to have uh-huh. that hard copy, and I, I go through, I have cases of red pens. Lisa always talk about my red pen. But when I'm editing uh-huh. that, that hardcore red pen, she, she like with that one English teacher that you done put your heart, your soul, you up until midnight. You just know you turning in A, and she sending it back with all the red marks, and she didn't give you a C. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's her. <laughs> But, but you know what? But that ain't nothing to be ashamed of because my first drafts are always full of red lines because mm-hmm. I'm moving so fast. And I'm the type of person, I don't like to read my work after I'm done writing it. I don't want right. to see it again, to be perfectly honest with you. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's so, you know, the teacher's still in the movement so fast, boom, 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 this, 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 and this. So then when it comes back, I'm like, okay, I missed it. And sometimes it's just really dumb stuff like double type <laughs> words and just stuff that if I had, had I not been moving so fast, I would have caught it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I bet like old that. school. That's that's one thing I old school. I, I take that manuscript with me everywhere, on the plane, yeah, on the true. train, <laughs> on my lunch hour. <laughs> I'm always in the script. You live yeah. in it just like the author lives it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. I think, but you know what? The, the red lines Go are ahead. good because I think that the, I think that the editorial process made me mm-hmm. a better writer. Because I had, I was always the type of person I I, I have like I was fortunate enough when I got the same Lawrence Press to work with um, Monique Patterson who was like one of the probably the best editor in the game and mm-hmm. I asked a lot of questions like well what is this I don't understand this what does this thing mean what is this and she always answered the questions and she would say to me I'm answering these questions you know because I would feel stupid like I'm asking all these dumb questions I should know this right and she's like no it's good you're asking I want you to learn this is why I mark your stuff with the way I do. I, want, I don't mm-hmm. want you to just fix the edits. I want you to understand why. Yep. That's what I said. Okay, so you cool. don't bring it back the same way. Yep. Don't bring it back the same way, you know. So I got better at it. And as time progressed, like, I would see less and less red lines. Now, I still get them, you know, because I guess the human eye only catches it so much. Um, right. But, they're, but, not, but not as much. Mm-hmm. Yo, what is going on with these? Yo, Harlem is so different. Oh my goodness, we swerving around. <laughs> now, Quan, here on Let's Chat, we we always like to do something fun uh, with our guests, and I know uh-huh. you're gonna blow it out the water. So you're very creative. <laughs> T always uh-huh. comes up with something big, something good. So I'm excited to see what she got for you today. Okay. <laughs> well, Quan. Thank you once again for joining me and Lisa tonight here on Let's Chat and know that this is your home. We love you very much. You know, you, oh, now you, you are love one me? of our... Now, we I thought y'all just like me. Now y'all love me? Okay. Oh, Lord. We <laughs> went through the... She ain't going through this. No shade, no shade, but all shade. We've already established uh, that we love you. We're not, we don't have to keep telling you. I know. You. Just I'm just about teasing, but I'm not. <laughs> they ain't got to tell you everybody. Uh, I know. I'm just, <laughs> you just yeah. know what it is. Uh, you know we got we we have it on tape. You can always pull up this tape. <laughs> yep, be like, but y'all say it. Y'all say it. Let the record show, right? Yeah, well, let the record reflect. For spending some time because we know you're busy, but we want you to give us a, a running, a live narrative, and I'm gonna give you two props 
that you can give uh-huh. to two of your characters. And we want you to just talk us through, talk us through, give us a live excerpt. And your two props are some red, MAC red lipstick and a stun gun. You should say the two. I'm, I'm on the highway. Say it again. My two props are what? A MAC red lipstick. MAC red lipstick. And a stun gun. And a stun gun? Oh, okay. This should be yeah. fun. So I have to give you an excerpt, right? Okay, yeah, let's, take, a um, let's and take off. Action. Okay. Mad Dog paced around his victim as he was strapped to the chair, whimpering and trying to explain to himself and that he didn't do what he was being accused of. Mad Dog was too far gone to hear it. Blood had been spilled, and so it had to be answered with blood. But first he decided to have a little fun. Mad Dog took the red lipstick and painted him up like a, like a 42nd Street prostitute, occasionally asking him if he liked it. And when he wouldn't answer fast enough, he'd hit him in the testicles one time with his stun gun. Didn't turn it up all the way, just enough to let him know he was still with him. How's that? Oh! And then was my kids, my, my, my kids are in the, my kids are in the back seat, so no I can't effort. really go crazy. We ain't here. We ain't here, no. Um, we ain't here, no. No. Nope. He did it with You said the magic word, action, and my brain flipped the switch. Like I said, my, my kids are in the back, so I couldn't really get into the... I couldn't go but so far. They be looking at me like, stop it. We're going to have to revisit this scene. <laughs> oh, oh, I told you, I could have we went on for a while, but I ain't going to go there. I have to leave that alone. We know you could. <laughs> we were anticipating it. <laughs> and that real, and Mad Dog really is a character from one of my books. One, the one that I have coming out. Mad, this guy's name is Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. We can't wait. Right. Well, you can use that scene. We won't ask for any coins. <laughs> yeah, we won't ask you for no coin. You go ahead on and put the, that in there with the the Mac red lipstick and the taser. <laughs> and just mention us, ladies, Miss Tony and Miss Lisa from Let's Chat. That that, that would that work? <laughs> work us in. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Quans. Oh, he, we lost him. Hold on, he should call back. Oh here. no. That was good, Lee. That like was really good. He did it with no, no, no hesitation. <laughs> it was no effort. It was just like off the top of his head. Boom. There it is. And it was good. <laughs> exactly. No effort. He did like, good. boom. There it is. I'm sorry. I went, through a, I went through a dead zone on the highway, so I lost the call. No, we love that. How you did that yeah. with no effort. That was just awesome. You know, a lot of Thank times you. when we give, we ask authors to give the live excerpt, some are caught off guard. Some, you know, give it to us. I think the ones that give it to us naturally are, are those that just, I don't know, it's, it's just smooth. Yeah. The transition I is told smooth. You, you have to, you have to, I, I, I'm a firm believer that writers are born. It's not something that you can teach or, you know, you have to be born with that gift. You know, and that's mm-hmm. not to say that they're, they're not they're not fair writers who were taught in mm-hmm. public school, but the ones who have that like it, you, you can tell the ones that they just have that knack, they just have that. Oh my goodness, you know, because I've never had any formal training. I, you know, I, I went to college, but I didn't finish, and and it was never had anything to do with writing. I didn't I didn't know I was a writer until I actually put out a book. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that I, that I get from my mom. My mom passed it down to me, and um, you know, I'm just living the dream. 
but that was instantaneous. That was the creative juices at its finest. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's that's how it comes like, when, I, when I'm creative. in the house. When I'm you're in the house, that's how creative. it comes. Yeah, I try to be. I have my days. You know, sometimes I can sit there for an hour, two hours, looking at the same sentence or rewriting the same paragraph over and over again. And all I can just mm-hmm. write nothing, and then it'll just there it is, and then you start start hitting, start going, and mm-hmm. you don't stop. You just keep going. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was awesome. We loved it. Well, I'm gonna have to think of something else next time we come in the chat room. <laughs> we can get deep. We're gonna dig deep in those creative. Juices. Right. We uh, got to give him some, some hard props, some props, and he can be like, yeah. Nah, okay, pretty much any, pretty, pretty much anything you give me, I have a very warped imagination. So pretty much well, any prop you give me. Uh, that's why I said. That's why I'm I said. Lipstick and the stun gun. Oh, this easy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to dig deep. I'm gonna have to get on the crime squad and, and just try to find something. Cause that you, uh, you you got you you the challenge the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, listen, whenever you're ready. And even I might listen. Even if we come run across you at an event, I'm gonna remember me. And and right then and there, boom. Hey, okay. <laughs> Hey, that's amazing. Let's, let's, let's get this. Let's get these juices popping. Yeah. We love it. We love it, and we love you, Juan. We said Thank that you on so the show. We don't want to hear I, yeah. no more of the shenanigans. Nah, again. Ain't going, yeah, no, yeah, no more no shenanigans. More, no more shenanigans. <laughs> no more shenanigans. Nope. No, no, we good. We Gucci. We appreciate you. We, we appreciate Gucci. you. We want you to shout out your social media, shout out your newest awesome. book everybody can pick up at any events that you're going to be at. Okay. Well, um, my social media is, I'm on Facebook as Kawan Writes. I'm on Twitter as Kawan the Writer. I'm on Instagram as Kawan <laughs> underscore I am Legend. Um, I will be at, where am I going? I'm going to the Richmond Public Library the weekend of June 23rd. The event's on June 23rd. I'll be at the Richmond Public Library from, I think, 10 to 5. And then from 7 to 10, I'll be in Hampton. Um, I don't know the address off the top of my head, but I'll be hosting a paint and sip. So, mm-hmm. and that should be and that should be interesting. Um, and I'll, uh, my latest book is The Diamond Empire. I got some stuff that I got coming down the pipe this year. I also got Lawless coming out the top of next year, which is a legal thriller. Um, and one of my authors, um, who goes by the name of Gifted, he just dropped a really good um contemporary story called All in the Wrong Places. So you guys should check that out. It's available on Amazon, Walmart, Target, pretty much anywhere you can get a book, you can pick that book mm-hmm. up. And it's a really you very different very on. different kind of story. Yeah, yeah. Who young guy? He's actually um Kira Northington's son. I didn't know that at the time. But I, you know, I oh. Yeah. I, he's awesome. I think we had him on, Leash. Kira's son. I think for some reason I'm thinking I'm no, thinking a we little son. And we didn't know yeah. he was her son. What's the name again, Kwan? Um, Gifted. G I F T D. That's how he spells it. And the oh, name yeah, of the book yeah, is yeah. called All the All the All the Wrong All the Wrong Places. We just re- we okay, just released yeah. it um uh, in May. Just yeah, man. All right. Maybe, no, we haven't had him yet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we might have It's a very different kind of story about a a a a, a lawyer. Looking for love and it never quite go right for him. So oh. it's very, very, it's very different. It's um, it's uh, it's 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 a really cool story. I think ladies will enjoy it especially. Mhm. Well, we got to have him in the chat room, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put it together. I'll reach out to him and I'll connect the dots, and we'll, we'll get that done. 
Just let me know um, what dates you have available. Um, definitely just hit me up. I'm, I'm riding past a whole precinct in Times Square, so I'm about to get off this phone. So, um, Go ahead, man. We don't want Jason. We don't want you getting in trouble. Y'all just let me know, and I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. All right, Courtney. Uh, have a family. family. All right, good night. Good night. What an awesome interview, Lee. I love that excerpt, man. I can't get over yes. that. I might have to listen it to the show no a couple of times. Effort. <laughs> I know. See, no effort. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love when when you experience how creative uh, an author is. That means that he's constantly mm-hmm. creating. You know, he's never mm-hmm. not about creating and writing. And I think that's what gives him longevity and that's what keeps him relevant uh, within the industry mm-hmm. that's changing so I'm excited that he was able to make time and come and kick it with us here on Let's Chat we appreciate everybody that's tuned in everybody that's listening back to the replay whether you're on a podcast app whether you're on iTunes or whether you're on blogtalk.com we appreciate you guys for listening uh, to us on today we don't have a show on next week. Next week is the AANBC Awards. We have a show that following week, and we will see y'all then. Enjoy your weekend. Hey, my chin. It's Maria. I was thinking about you, and I wanted to hear your voice. I miss you so much, and oh. I just can't. I'm sure I want no apology. Sorry, y'all. This is that new Karis Jordan. Running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat, yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Thinking over no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carries your motherfucker, now pay attention. Uh-huh. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get big, dug into my last day. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I freeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cool Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run the south It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a break Running up the check, running up the check Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit hey. First off, you don't know who you fucking with right. That nigga KJ here bust quick Better watch what you say when you run your lips He's crazy in the range, you don't give a uh-huh. shit Pop heels, that boy is so That's ill right. Disrespecting, you get killed Spit him like the bike for the DC Slap to the bitches, I want sleep hype, yeah hey. You don't want it with the kid from Jersey hey. Better pray to the Lord for some mercy uh-huh. Cause when I come, my come with fire Stop putting on your rap shoe lighter You ain't never do a bitch, you a bitch, nigga You be lying in your rap, you ain't rich, nigga uh-huh. You don't want no war with the kid, nigga Woo. I run up in your motherfucking grip, nigga I kill you, kill you, kill you And leave no witnesses no. And write a book about uh-huh. it Like OJ Simpson did uh-huh. I'm a savage nigga, uh-huh. I am out of my mind right. I'll hunt you down if you got diamonds and grind I'm on my grind nigga, so don't you waste my
my time. And if you disrespect 